and welcome to this, the 39th edition of Shift, with me, Ewan Semple. And me, Megan Murray. And just before we started recording, uh, Megan and I were talking about various things, as usual, one of which was the Thanksgiving holiday in the States, and uh, and then we got on to talking about different aspects of our work. And as always, the topic for the show emerges out of these conversations and we've decided that we're going to talk about overwhelm today Mm -hmm. uh, in its various forms and manifestations and uh, I guess you feel a bit overwhelmed with all the sales offers in the States. (laughs) I'm not a fan of the Black Friday. It's a true story (laughs) (laughs) and and it makes me sad to to know that uh, um, we've exported it over to to your shores as well. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know, it just feels like a lot. This time of year is always a um, it's always a stressful one for so many people uh, because there's so much going on. Uh, not only are you dealing with uh, um, your your standard work life, which can easily all by itself be over- overwhelming for a lot of folks, um, but uh, you've also then got to think about, am I traveling or not? Am I um, who am I getting things for? What is my budget? Where am I going? <laughs> you know, just even for somebody like me, I, I live uh, I live inside of the city of San Francisco, and uh, uh, where we are kind of considered a shopping mecca in a couple of different districts. So my town turns into a mess to to even navigate. Mm-hmm. So it, it, then add any of the other extracurricular activities that a person has in their life, and it just becomes it becomes a lot to juggle. Um, yeah, well, it's funny when you talk mentioning travel. I mean, since we last spoke, I've literally been right around the world and uh, mm-hmm. was thinking about this as I negotiated various airports. And in fact, at the last hurdle, the flight was cancelled and delayed by 24 hours. Oh. And uh, so easy to get overwhelmed by that, um, mm-hmm. by the lunacy and the, and the, the enormity of doing something like that but you just reduce it down to well i'm here and i'm here now right and this is all i can this is all i can do um you know like sitting in an airline seat for 24 hours there's no point getting worked up about that because it's just going to get worse yeah it is it's better to find your inner peace right about now (laughs) well i was saying to my kids that you know you just i adopt the, the the attitude that well this is how i'm going to spend the rest of my life and then and then feel pleasantly surprised when it's only 24 hours but um That's a wise way to approach it, you know? Well, you can apply it to lots of things, I think. <laughs> and, and in fact, we were. I mean, that was partly what triggered this This as a topic, wasn't it? That we were talking mm-hmm. about, um, you know, people in the roles that they are in and work and uh, some of the reasons why they are perhaps less than enthusiastic about yeah. taking on new roles or even changing their roles. And it is partly just, I think, they have quite often just hunkered down. Yeah. Um, well, it's, I mean, there's a, I, I think, I think there's a reason that we create so much bureaucracy inside of organizations. Obviously, uh, initially it's for efficiency, right? That there's been such a call for efficiency and productivity and making sure that we're are hitting our numbers and that we're, we're, you know, doing the, achieving the growth that we're supposed to achieve or, uh, or, or whatever the goal is supposed to be. At the end of the day, the likelihood is that it's numbers of some sort. And that, um, we we create those rules, we create those boundaries for uh, uh, efficiency, for comfort, for surety that we're going to be able to get the things that we need to get. So whenever anybody puts something in between you and that, um, a, a blocker, it, it becomes 
yet another mm-hmm. thing that you have to navigate, none, yet another thing that you have to be creative about. Um, and often, um, <clears throat> we were talking about this from a couple of different perspectives, one, one being kind of the, the, the senior uh, leader perspective, <clears throat> and one being the, uh, um, you know, maybe perhaps somebody who's been given a, a, a task that they're not 100% passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, uh, that they've still got to be able to execute it. And I think, I mean, we've all experienced kind of both of those, uh, folks and perhaps maybe have even been one of those folks or both of those <laughs> folks for that matter, um, yeah. in trying to get your job done and thinking about it, you know, Hey, I got to get paid, you know, I gotta, I gotta keep on going. I gotta get it done. So if I'm told to do this thing, I'm just going to do it. Um, it, it, I don't know. I, I almost feel like you should, uh, kind of preface a little bit with, uh, to mention so that folks could refer back to it, even the post that you talked about this morning, um, that you the, that you talked about, um, where, well, you, why, do, why, do I, why don't I describe it then? Cause yeah. obviously, um, <laughs> listeners didn't hear us talking about it. Um, and, and I don't assume that everybody reads my blog every day. Um, but it, there was a post about boss spotting and it was just the fact that I, I, Quite often, I'm I'm told either before or after an event that a boss or somebody senior will or was in the will be or was in the room, and I can almost always guess or or have a good sense of and uh, know who it was. And uh, so I'd say it was partly just a, you know an attitude, clothing, and a, and a go on impress me kind of a look on their face. And uh, I'm just saying to Megan, I'd provoked a bit of reaction and linked him with this with. Uh, Really quite an extreme reaction in a couple of cases, and it was partly because I hadn't, <clears throat> I guess, at the end of it said because it, it it wasn't meant critically. Mm-hmm. It was almost meant without being patronising compassionately. It was just it's a shame that they felt so they they feel so out of depth. They feel the need to react in that way, and you know part of the fun of my job is getting them smiling and feeling comfortable and involved by the end of the session. Um, mm-hmm. Perhaps I should have added that to the blog post, but it <laughs> it was also just that sense that we we have of they're nervous because they're sort of at the depth, you know, they're, they're overwhelmed by, by being in a room full of their staff, perhaps. Um, and I think it's also that, that they're being asked to come and listen to something that's maybe counterintuitive or that's, that's unfamiliar to them. And it's no surprise that we put the defences up, is it, really? Mm-mm, mm-mm. Well, and I mean, <clears throat> there are so many different ways that people re- react to that sense of being overwhelmed. Um, some people can can kind of steel themselves up and trudge face first into it. Others kind of retreat, um, and, and in many different ways. And I, and I think the very act of that reaction can often shut down a person's ability to really see what's going on around them or how other people mm-hmm. are reacting to things. Um, and yeah. in some cases, it's an opportunity for them to go, oh, stop, I'm going to watch this for a second, watch myself and think think about how things are happening here and, and how everybody else is reacting to things so that I can make a good choice about how to guide folks or how to suggest changes to, to the people who are responsible for uh, uh, leadership. It's interesting, isn't it? And, and, and we, all, we all do that. I mean, I, you know, everybody, <clears throat> I mean, I find this even just with, the family, you know, sometimes when things get tense or there's pressure, mm-hmm. I just, it's maybe being a bloke as well, it's the whole thing about retiring into your cave and just, you know, not wanting to or feeling able to 
accommodate other perspectives even I guess you know um, it's almost like we've got a limit a limit to our big heartedness almost mm-hmm. um, and just how much self-awareness and courage it takes to to act differently I suppose well and I wonder too I mean in in our in our kind of world of more um, where Mm-hmm. You know, it's always, it's, mm-hmm. it's, I'm always kind of banging on about the idea of uh, all of our models are infinite and yet our resources are absolutely not infinite, <laughs> you know, yeah. whether they be personal or, or physical resources. Um, the, uh, the whole notion of um, being able to take on more and take on more and take on more, um, yeah. it's, it, it does have to break at some point. And I think it, 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 uh, I think everybody's got a different spot for it, but it's also that it's it's kind of the opportunity for epiphany around it. You know, it was interesting mm-hmm. last night. I was watching, um, you know, after a big holiday feast, came home capsized and was watching Netflix <laughs> and found this uh, really interesting document uh, documentary about uh, a, a new designer coming on at Dior and watching him work with his new team of people to, um, I think, I believe it's called Dior and I, um, but there's this great bit in the beginning where he's being introduced to this this new crew of people who've all been at the House of Dior for 30 some odd years, you know. <laughs> um, you know, many of them came in as like 18-year-old interns um, and are still there how many years later because of, you mm. know, whatever personal pride they have in being there or uh, joy that they get from their work. And this new designer comes in with his uh, team of people who, you know, of management folks. Um, and yet the designer will go around to each and every uh, um, uh, uh, member of the team. Each one has different levels of, uh, of involvement or input or say or whatever. Um, and introduces them. That it's almost like an interview process that they go through again. Um, but he's, in his perspective, he was allowing them to interview him. Um, mm-hmm. to, to see if they could work together because uh, if they if they didn't have enough passion for him and for the work that he was doing and for the, the challenge that he had been presented um, then he, he didn't think it might be a good fit either and of course yeah. nobody went anywhere but it was um, that perspective <laughs> you know mm. of um, mm. does this person have enough passion um, cause, and yeah. they, they're, they're a team that pushes hard, like harder than any corporate team I've ever seen in my entire life kind of thing where they're, um, you know, they'll do these, uh, version upon version upon version of these intricately, ridiculously, meticulously put together, uh, you know, beading and hand stitching on, you know, imagine hand stitching a gown that's got like 37 yards of fabric in it. Um, and he's, and he's going back to that team and going, you know what, let's try it in black (laughs) when it needs to be done the next day sort of thing. Um, and it was just fascinating to me though, to see, to, to have the clarity of that statement about, do they have enough passion to be here to be getting, Mm. getting this work done? And then I think about leaders who see that kind of story. Let's say they work at a bank or at a, uh, I don't know, uh, in a healthcare environment or someplace in a call center or something like that. Um, and I try to imagine somebody coming in and saying, do you have enough passion 
to be the person, you know, at the call actually, center. If, yeah, <laughs> if, you get too much, if you get too much passion, we don't want you here. But, well, but, but actually, to be fair, I mean, when I was in New York, I had dinner with my, my friend Stephen Colasano, and I'm sure I've mentioned him on the podcast before, because he was head of research at AIG Insurance. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I had preconceived ideas about insurance companies and the types of people that work there. And Stephen completely blew that away by just being so passionate yeah. about the business of insurance and about risk and humanity and patterns and people and mm. and it's funny because when you were describing the thing about the passion and i was thinking about people who you know back to the overwhelm topic mm-hmm. cope with less than ideal jobs by reducing down to you know the minimum effective effort if you like right um so their their motivation and orientation is very different um and again, there's an assumption that we can easily make that being passionate and caring is 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 a good. As I'm saying, I'm finding it really hard to imagine why being passionate and caring wouldn't be a good thing. Right. But <laughs> right. but <laughs> that, but to I, be, I want to try and minimize passion and caring in my life. But I mm. think, I mean, to 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 make uh, to make a role your life, though, and this is where I was kind of pulling around for the overwhelm part, because then add to that. Um, you know, let's say you're that team at Dior and you happen to be doing this in the middle of the holidays or you happen to be doing this um, when you are uh, dealing with a huge family issue or your your Mm -hmm. wife is about to have a child or um, uh, you get in a car accident or, you know, whatever life is happening all around you. Um, And then what happens to, without a relationship, Right, without a relationship in between, um, uh, you know, without some collaborative skill set as opposed to just kind of a command and control skill set, what happens to your people? What happens to your environment mm. Um, mm. when they do become overwhelmed? Truly overwhelmed, um, not overwhelmed in in the dramatic sense, like oh, it's just too much, you know. But <laughs> but, yeah, but what truly, really happens yeah. when you hit a wall? When you're asking somebody to work twenty hours out of twenty four, or um, you know, having some huge oh, yeah. thing happen like that. Well, I was just, just hearing from a, a friend, uh, you know, a, an example exactly like that, where certain life circumstances had changed, had happened, um, was expecting, and in fact, for most people, got a bit of room, uh, but from one particular group, didn't. And, mm-hmm. and you know, just hearing that, that story and re- relating it to what you've just said, I mean, that's the... It's the uh, I suppose it's different people's perspectives on that overwhelm as well, isn't it? Right. Um, well, and to me, you know, I mean, over, overwhelm is in the eye of the beholder, really, isn't it? Precisely, and that's where that's where the the translation tool becomes a relationship, and that's part mm-hmm. of why I was so impressed last night seeing that that uh, that opening bit mm. when they were introducing everybody to the team was just to see what the perspective on that was, right? Why. Mm-hmm. why is it important for you to know who these people are rather than just to say, well, that's your, that's your premier seamstress over there. And that, that one is the one who supports her. I don't, I don't need to know, <laughs> you know, well, their relationship. But of course, there, there are lots of people. I, I, I know there are lots of people in business for whom that's an unnecessary perceived as an unnecessary complication. The relationship you know, part. Yeah. You know, I, I don't, I, I don't want to care about that. I just need things done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm tempted to say that's the prevailing attitude. That I believe I'm that. Yeah, that, that, I mean, that's, I believe that's the targets I've set. You just get on with it. Don't get, don't whinge to me about feeling overwhelmed. 
and I don't want to have a relationship because it'll get messy. Well, I mean, and I think it depends upon the degree of what we're talking about in relationship. You should know and respect mm-hmm. the people that you're working for and with, you know, um, well, that's, that, that in itself is quite a bold statement. I, I, I think. I, I mean, I'm granted yeah. if you're if you're the top of a four million person company, that's probably not going to be the case. But there should be um, there should be some story about relation. I mean, the the the, the reason that uh, we are able to do business is because of our relationship to one another, um, and. It, that relationship doesn't have to be predefined as to, you know, my idea of a relationship. I don't need them to be a member of my family, but I need them to understand that I see and recognize what they're doing, what they're capable of, what they bring to the table. If I want them to bring good things to the table, if I want them to bring he, the minimum he, to the table, then I just am going to give them a list of things that I need. I, I, Totally agree, but I again have had a, an example recently of someone who, and I'm trying to anonymize this sufficiently, um, where the individual asking them to do things just isn't good at that. Doesn't doesn't perceive the need for it. Doesn't invest any effort in it. Doesn't do any form of stroking or or making it uh, making the person feel heard or anything like that. It's just mm. basically just do it because I'm telling you to. Yeah. And. Uh, so, you know, as I say, I think, uh, well, and it's partly again because this person themselves is overwhelmed. Of course, <laughs> you know, yeah. They, they've they've taken on too much. They've got somebody they're pushing it down the chain to. They don't want to hear that it's difficult. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know. Well, and yeah, I mean, and that's it's it's I I absolutely see it. I, I understand it completely. I personally kind of made a choice in my life to not work in places like that anymore. Um, well, I I, I I'm, yeah, I'm the same, and it's. Uh, it's easy to say, mm-hmm. but people too, do, to some extent, bring it on themselves. I mean, it's the old thing about people treat you the way that you've trained them to expect to be able to treat you. Right. Um, right. And in small ways, from the word go, you can establish ground rules, even if you are further down the pecking order, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, again, I'm very conscious it's easy to say. Um, well, it's easy to but, say, but to be, and the reality is, you and I have both worked very, very hard to ensure that that's that's what we're not doing. You know, it's not. Um, yeah. And, and it is easy to say, and it's it's scary as hell when you're inside of a large organization and you feel you're being mistreated, um, or that you feel like you're this is not the right fit for you or not the right place for you. It's it's and especially in today's day and age, you know. Where yeah. it's it's tight for everybody, um, and I suppose that's another sense of overwhelm, not just in the terms of the use of physical time and and resource, but gumption. Mm-hmm. You know your mm-hmm. your own emotional uh, reserves and ability to push back can run out. Mm-hmm. It's true, <laughs> and, and you can be overwhelmed in that sense. It's true. It's very true. And that's, I mean, at the end of the day, you have to take care of yourself, you know, you do. And that's, yeah. that's how it works. Um, and if it's, you know, <laughs> if you're not, if the, the, the space that you're in is not serving your needs, um, all the needs that you need to, to be healthy and happy and productive and, you know, uh, passionate about what you're doing, um, 
then that's a that's a place that you don't need to be in. And I, I say that to leaders. I say that to people working on a factory floor. I say that to anybody. Um, if you are, in fact, so overwhelmed that it's the, the authoritarian is all you got, um, I urge you to take a look at that. <laughs> you know? But it's, again, again it's, it's interesting because I was talking to a guy recently about setting up and doing some work with him. Who who teaches productivity and well amongst other things, but it's got a really good methodology for teaching people how to come out from underneath overwhelm. I guess mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it's quite a pertinent conversation to this topic. And uh, we were just talking about training and learning and people's willingness to learn, even something as in a sense self interested as that. You know, yeah. even it, you know they, they passively sort of be expected to be taught how to come out from under the, you know, the pile. Yeah. Um, so, so it's that willing, willing taking of responsibility and, and learning the means to reduce your overwhelm. I mean, it's, it, and it's true even of people, I find, you know, I was doing an after-dinner talk recently and again, the sort of quite frequent reaction is, well, I haven't got time to do social media or I feel overwhelmed mm-hmm. by the amount of it. And mm-hmm. almost in a tone that's expecting me to give them some magic wand right. or formula and you think well that it is what it is you know and if, if you're going to get involved in it then you have to work it out and put a bit of effort into it but it's just people are, I, I guess what i'm still saying is that a lot of people aren't really set up or encouraged to be like that no it's and it's but we're not really trained to though are we no you know it's we're never really taught uh this is not something that gets entered into as part of the the basic uh curriculum you know um mm-hmm how to be better to yourself, how to be thoughtful about uh, uh, the choices that you're <laughs> making. I mean, these are all the things we've talked about this before, where they're, they're kind of expected mm-hmm. to be things that come from your parents, you know, but your parents were taught to be good uh, workers too, you know, um, and in a very different well, environment and, and, as well. Yeah. Um, and most parents are overwhelmed most of the time, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. It's yeah. it's uh, it's fascinating to me. I mean, it, 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 I feel like it it often you know comes around to to what I perceive to be the same kind of root issue in um, you know what we're focusing on in in terms of uh, success criteria for for mm-hmm. a thing <laughs> um, and, yeah. and that notion of of constantly wanting more despite the fact that you know we know we're going to run into a wall at some point. Um, the the passion piece is deeply important and uh, um, understanding what one's own passion is in the first place to be able to seek that um, in a way that uh, kind of creatively gets you to a place where you can uh, sustain mm-hmm. your life um, and and be happy with the work that you're doing um, that's, I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's the goal that for, for a lot of people, that's the goal. That's the primary and it's mm-hmm. right in front. Um, for others, it's just, I just need to have the security of having a job and to be making a living and to get it by. I don't want to have passion about that. I want to be, <laughs> I want to be passionate elsewhere and, and still be secure. And, and even the, the expectation, you know, that your point about more, um, Losing the ability to sit quietly in a room on your own um, is a kind of modern mm-hmm. illness, isn't it? In a sense that 
and I'm guilty of it as much. You know, I've always got podcasts I'm listening to or books I'm reading, and I'm actually having to at the moment focus on just stopping. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and sitting still for a while and and uh, quite you know the, the whole meditative thing, and and it's ridiculously difficult. Yes. Um, and of course, the that pressure to avoid sitting still is part of the reason for the overwhelm. You know, we almost bring it on ourselves by piling more things into our cognitive, you know, wasting our cognitive surpluses, Clay would say. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and, you know, I, I wonder, um, so there's, there's, there's the challenge for me is always um, when I see, you know, what it is that we're measuring and whether things are... Um, going forward or not it's you know it's it's the more question um but i also see that what we're asking people to do in many cases when we're talking about the social side of things is that we're asking people to uh it's always the same three things right it's the communication it's collaboration it's culture (laughs) um which you know i i get but is always still kind of a question mark for me um Mm -hmm. And all of those things, one requires relationship, <laughs> one requires relationship and the ability to yield, um, one re- the other requires relationship and the ability to yield and the ability to contribute, right? So it's, mm-hmm. it's that coll- all of those things are collaborative. It's all of those tools are collaborative behavioral tools that you have to learn uh, to be able to, to, to get the goods, Right. Can you say more about your use of the word yield? Well, in collaboration, right? Collaborating isn't just saying, okay, I'm going to edit, now you edit. That's not collaborating, right? That's editing. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Collaborating is when you're saying, you know what? You and I hear your point about changing that word, but let's have a conversation about why I think we shouldn't. (laughs) You know, that, those, Mm -hmm. that's part of the collaborative skill set, dissent, conversation, um, uh, idea exchange, waiting ideas, uh, having the uh, the ability to through somebody else's uh, uh, effort and uh, experience and skill set to be able to uh, create something, whether that be a spreadsheet or a perspective that you put on a deck and show to somebody else, or if it's a dress, or if it's you know anything, um, the collaborative mm-hmm. element is. Collaboration is something that people do, right? And very often when it's presented to us, it's under the guise of what will the technology do to help the people? Um, but it's not, that's not what it, it is. Collaboration is what human beings do with one another. Um, so the idea of being able to yield is something that's really important in that. Um, so when you're giving somebody a list of something to do, you're not giving them the ability to yield, Right or or or, or mm-hmm. yourself the ability right. to yield. You're yeah. not hap- you're not entering into that relationship um, in such a way that you're going to be able to to effectively collaborate. So when I see those kind of like top three um, items being called out as the thing that we want to do, communication is two way. Yet it's often um, you know when you get into these conversations about. The, the use case itself, what they're talking about is optimizing where they can get their messages so that people will see them. Um, not that they want feedback about them necessarily. Necessarily. Many do. Yeah. Um, c- 
collaboration, when they're talking about it, is something you do with files. Um, it's not it's not that thing that I just described where it's two human beings or more getting into a, a, a engaging on a project with one another, exchanging ideas, working with one another, deliberating, uh, uh, pushing back, yielding, you know, doing the things that, that people need to do. Um, and the culture part, again, huge question mark, right, and on top of that one. Um, in that you can use collaboration and you can use communication effective two-way in both um, or more <laughs> uh, to, to sense what your culture is, react to what your culture is, uh, highlight things within your culture that you think are fantastic, uh, uh, correct things, you know, or communicate about correcting things that are maybe are not so fantastic. Um, but outside of that, it's, you know, these are things that people do, not technology. So uh, to, to, to kind of enter into those situations with the perspective that I don't have time for a relationship and I don't have time mm-hmm. to worry about what's important to you feels a little off to me. feels like something that might not be wholly successful in the end. Interesting. And, yeah, and that... And that- in that meaning of the word yield is almost like you have to have the strength and the self-awareness to to do to achieve that and again that i suppose is is another aspect of the overwhelm that Mm -hmm. if you're feeling if you're not feeling brave enough and confident enough and self-aware enough to accommodate other views and perspectives um then that's partly why you you feel challenged and overwhelmed by those types of uh, claims on your on your time and attention. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. It's almost it is almost like having it's 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 almost like being big enough and brave enough to be tolerant is is challenging, isn't it? That's the thing, and but the the funny the funny part of that from the the working relationship thing is that uh, if you do have a healthy working relationship with whomever it is or, you know, whether that be the whole of the organization or just your team or whatever, that confidence and that, um, that awareness about what you're doing and what the, the, the motivations for it are, um, are already shared because you're already talking about them, you know, in that perfect Mm -hmm. utopian kind of collaborative environment, you are debating, you are deliberating, you are bringing your ideas forward and having them, um, at least recognized, if not executed. Um, and that brings confidence. It brings that, that ability for self-awareness when you're, when you're able to stop with your team, uh, with your folks. And maybe it is uh, starting at the small parts. Uh, maybe it is a, a kind of taking that, uh, that same kind of uh, network building <laughs> approach uh, mm-hmm. to fixing mm-hmm. things like this instead of looking mm-hmm. at it as okay well this is something we're going to put on the whole of the organization maybe it does start with that one team who can yeah, figure out how person. to work with each yeah. other really well it starts with that one leader who's able to go you know what i get this i understand that i've got to have some level of relationship with these folks and that doesn't necessarily mean you know show me pictures of your kids i don't you know it could just be <laughs> it could just be you know tell me about what what excites you at work and let's make sure that you're in that space because i want you doing the stuff that's going to that that you're going to be most passionate and and uh, excited to be doing and let's let's create an environment where 
I know my people's skill sets. I know their desires and their hopes in, in some meaningful way. And I'm able to translate that into the work that they're doing here. To me, that's successful and quality leadership. Um, it's and, and, and rare. Um, true. Because as you were describe, I was thinking how rare it is. But it, And so I guess in, another aspect of this in many people's real lives, as it were, um, we're, in, a, in order to avoid overwhelm, we're going to have to say no right. more, more often. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, no, saying no is something we find quite difficult to do. Oh, yeah. And tend to get over-aggressive about it because we're, we're not used to say, you know, just that whole thing about um, being assertive rather than aggressive and just exercising your rights and your limits and respecting your own time and attention and defending that exactly. against those who are less respectful of it. Um, and you know, even in a mundane way, that's that's so true of the internet. The amount of information that's just going to keep increasing. We're going to have to get better at turning things away and pushing things away and, and mm-hmm. defending ourselves, I suppose, mm-hmm. um, and making better judgments about what we're rejecting and why. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, are, are skills that people I think could do with help with. It's it's interesting to me. That I, I feel. Uh curriculum is a is a thing that changes very slowly <laughs> in my perspective at mm. least the, the bigger more important mm. kind of like anchored elements of curriculum um and, yeah. and i feel like uh um something are th- that the kids who are in school right now need to understand is is um how to tackle stuff like this how to mm-hmm. how to prioritize mm-hmm. understanding the concept of that that you are going to have to prioritize and um Sometimes you're just going to have to let things go. And how do you let go gracefully? How do you say mm-hmm. no gracefully? How do you how do you still maintain the relationship and say no? Um, you know how how do you say to your boss who's saying, okay, well, I want you to 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 come back in during this highly stressful time. We're working on an RFP, or we're um, we've got to get this uh, budget out, or some major initiative is happening. How do you say in the midst of all that? I need to go have one day where I'm not doing this um, so that I can be healthy and come back and do good work for you. Um, how do you... Well, how, how, how do you even say it to yourself? Yes. In, in, yes. In the sense that the thing of, you know, the thing of more, we're always feeling we're missing out or we've, we've said no to the wrong thing or... Um, yeah. FOMO. You know, if you end up... <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's uh, well, and it's or fear of being perceived as the person who doesn't care enough, um, or isn't you know. I'll go back mm-hmm. to that documentary. It's like, well, they well, don't have the pa- passion. Well, it's back to passion, isn't it? They don't exactly, have the passion. Yeah. They're not yeah. willing to to flay themselves for you, <laughs> um, you know. And, and I, I I get that, but but and it's not. There's no there's no kind of binary answer to that to that issue. Mm. It's. Um, and it's not a it's not a guilty over the feeling meant to overwhelm yourself either with the, with that you know well what's more important yeah. me or the job you know um, the job is as important as you give it importance and and your your passion and desire to do it will dictate that um, or to get to the other side of whatever you think is waiting for you there at that job um, you know it's sort of occurring to me but partly it's this is partly in the context of all the kind of amazing turmoil that's happening in the world at the moment and mm-hmm. both in terms of work and politics and mm. the Middle East and whatever else and it's almost like the feeling of overwhelm is partly because we don't have a framework for prioritising anymore, we've sort of mm. got so many conflicting 
aspirations and pressures and as we've said in the podcast before our, our prevailing stories have all gone a bit wobbly at the moment yeah they really have so the, so the normal context in which you would decide to say no is less readily available at the moment mm-hmm. and so the inclination just to say yes to too much or to, to not be comfortable with your yeses um, I think I think is partly what we're seeing isn't it yeah it's hard I mean as a as a person who has uh, more than one extracurricular activity with uh, um, outside of my uh, work in social um, I I have been challenging myself over the last couple of years to learn to say no and to learn to, to kind of push back when I need to um, just for my own sanity and to ensure mm-hmm. that, that when people are seeing me and meeting me in my professional context, that I am awake and aware and solid and good to go and bring them my best. Um, it's uh, But it's a challenge. I mean, it's something I think that we all have to deal with. Um, at, at, at some level or another is to, to find that balance. I mean, people have been talking about work-life balance since the, mm-hmm. God, for so long now, decades. And the, it's a joke for a lot of people. There are folks that I know whose passion and centering upon their, uh, um, um, their persona, you know, as to who they identify as, um, it, it all comes around that job or that role or that title or, um, you know, uh, whether they're on a plane all the time or not, or whether they're tweeting all the time or not, whether people can kind yeah. of see what their efforts are. Um, I, I, for a long, long time, uh, there were people that I was surrounded by who were, um, it, it's that one-upsmanship that you give each other yeah. on the on social media, where it's like, "Oh, I'm wheels down. I'm here. I'm there. I'm doing <laughs> this thing there. I'm doing this thing here." And um, it, it, it's the busyness of busy, which we've talked about before too. But uh, yeah. that that all comes from this this place of uh, of uh, you know wanting people to see what your passion is, what your hope is, what your desire is. Um, and it's just, it's not finding that place of balance and health in the midst of all of that, not only mm-hmm. for yourself personally, but for your clients, for your boss, for your customers, for your team. Um, it's pretty important. I think, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, think um, I don't know, but that's, it, it's so it's so easy to be overwhelmed with everything that's going on these days. I mean, just in kind of almost coming back around to the front of the conversation. I mean, um, there are people who in, in, you know, going, having your Thanksgiving meal, I'm sure it's very much like this at Christmas for you guys, but going and sitting down and, you know, you're going to have that one crazy uncle who's talking all around all the rude politics and all the, the mm-hmm. nutty stuff that is going on and taking ridiculous opinions, <laughs> positions with things. Um, yeah. And uh, and trying to balance that out with whatever it is that you're going back to work with, uh, or entering into the holiday season and trying to figure out all the details of it, we figure it out. We figure out what we need to figure out. We make it through the stuff that we need to make it through. And when it's not the holidays and it's not, um, you know, you don't have all these extra things to worry about. In many cases, we're still overwhelmed anyway, um, mm-hmm. due to the information, due to what's going on in the world. And I think again finding some peace with that 
<laughs> finding some balance in that, starting with yourself and then, uh, you know, or starting with a small team at work and saying, you know what, we, we want to be more um, collaborative with one another instead of competitive with one another. Let's figure out how we can do that. Let's, well, you know, attack. Well, it's also, it's also, I'm more and more aware and convinced that it is, um, it's all made up uh, in the sense that it's all stories mm-hmm. in, in our heads. Um, and the sense of overwhelm in itself is a story that I'm that one tells oneself. Uh, I am overwhelmed. And the alternative is, you know, there are, and you see this people people in exactly the same circumstance will tell each other entirely different stories mm-hmm. and get different results out of the thing. And uh, I, I suppose, it, in a way, it's also going back to something we've talked of, of many times of of a victim. Mm-hmm. We sort of touched on it here about being assertive and stuff, but it's it's almost more than that. It's it's almost like taking control of your own head rather than the external circumstances. Yeah, yeah. Well, and but yeah, and you have to be willing to be responsible for your own head for that. Mm-hmm. Which is, uh, um, if you're an ongoing challenge <laughs> for all of us, I assure you. Um, but that, I mean, that that's part of it too, though. I mean. It's tough when you get into the into the place where um, I don't know. You see it all the time. I've been there in my life before, where you, you realize you're just turning the crank, mm-hmm. you know. And and we all have different motivations for doing it. Um, but while you're in that place, it's really easy to say yeah. some yeah. external thing is causing me an issue, and that's, right. that's, that's, that's my problem. Yep, yep, yep. And of course, you have very little control over that. Right. All, all, all you have control over is is your story about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is about finding the little cracks and the and the wriggle room and the different perspective that that allows you to come out from under the overwhelm, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, and the reality is, is that for for me at least, um, I've been. I've had plenty of overwhelming experiences and sometimes very long term, sometimes very short term. Um, and the reality is, is that they only ever turned around for me when I was able to kind of wake up and decide that I was in control of it. I was, I was going to say exactly that. In a sense, what's bizarre is it almost evaporates. Mm-hmm. Oh, it does. When, once you've reached that point and made that decision, all that stuff that seemed so horrendously, unbearably inevitable just disappears they're not kidding when they say it's all in your head <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean even, even down to an intransigent boss i mean it, it, mm-hmm. it that's a story that we build up and we build up and we build up and it, it, in fact a lot of the time it's a, it, it is a complete fiction and they're not like that it, mm-hmm. we've made them like that we've seen them like that we've painted them into a corner of being like that um and a, 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 a different outcome was always available to us yeah it's true it's true there is, I mean, um, oh, is it that 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 biz in the uh, from the Matrix. There is no spoon. <laughs> mm. There is no spoon. It's just uh, um, at, at the end of the day, it, it does it, it does kind of come down to what you want things to be. Um, you get to yeah. make those choices. You really do get to make those choices. And yeah. it, it's it sounds it might sound a little airy fairy and not quite. Uh, um, <laughs> grounded on the right now, but the things, the the rules that you've given import to 
um, are the ones that have importance. Um, and this yeah, so <laughs> it's not any fairy at all. We're actually ending up this podcast by saying, "I'll get over it and sort yourselves out," aren't we? Really? Yeah. Well, it, it, I mean, to some degree, maybe. Um, <laughs> And to another degree, also, it's it's kind of also important to understand how your perspective on these things impacts the people that you work with as well, right? Mm-hmm. You can't just want, walk around saying, oh, it's all about me and I'm there. You're, you're working in a collaborative space, um, whether you're thinking that you're doing collaboration or not. <laughs> um, you're working in a collaborative space in so much as that you need the people you work with, um, and that uh, the more aware and conscious of those things that you are for yourself, um, the 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 better opportunity for oh, impact you have with the people that you're sure. collaborating with, and that's and, uh, that's the not relationship. Least, not least modeling how to do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, that's that's showing people how. Yeah. We walk into I, I walk into so many situations explaining to people that the way that we're going to approach the creation of of their new intranet or their their social network um, is using that hub and spoke network building approach where you've got here are some demonstrative use cases that we're going to put up to show the depth and breadth of what's possible here um, and yes the, the we're going to set up the tool to to demonstrate that to you but now let's talk about how the people are going to demonstrate those things. Yeah. That's the the it's the same kind of uh, you know the, the the lather rinse repeat approach to to uh, uh, teaching anybody anything. Um, mm-hmm. It's practice and demonstration. So we have to be able to do it if we want other people to do it too. So there's that. <laughs> I reckon. So there. So you're overwhelmed. So get over it and. Uh, uh, yep. Stop. List, stop listening to podcasts and get on with it. <laughs> Play nice with others. You could do it. You could totally do it. Play nice with yourself first. <laughs> no, we're not going to end the nope, podcast nope, with telling people to play with themselves. <laughs> I think we. I think we better go, haven't we? Really? Yeah, we're just digging a ditch now. <laughs> I reckon. Thanks, Megan. And uh, people can get hold of you uh, at Megan Murray on Twitter. And I'm at you and on Twitter. And uh, I hope I hope you all have an underwhelmed week. Yes, indeed. <laughs> See you next time.